Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's Kool-Aid Football Podcast is sponsored by Two Point Go. Today on Barca Talk, we celebrate our 100th episode. Also, the Barca women continue their winning streak, and Usman Dembele starts looking like a proper first-team starter in the Champions League, and La Liga wins for the first team of FC Barcelona. Hey everybody, welcome to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, coming to you from Buffalo, New York, and joining me for episode 100 in Madrid, Spain, is Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. What is going on in 100 episodes? Yes, we did it. We It wasn't necessarily a goal that we had, but uh, I, I mean, I always just imagined that we would uh, do this indefinitely until we die. So I, I, <laughs> I, I never had... Oh. Look, who's that? Who's that on the phone? It's someone for later. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to send it to voicemail. I'm going to send that okay. to voicemail, and I'm going to put and I'm going to share that with that voicemail with you later. Okay. But it is a very special guest. We we have special guests featured on the show today. One of them is calling at this moment, but I'm just going nice. to let it go to voicemail. So nice. yeah, man, we we did it. A hundred episodes. So I was thinking, you know, getting ready for this. I wanted to uh, I wanted to mark this occasion with uh, some you know some revisiting some some old things. So I went and I found your because for anyone who doesn't know, we each started our own FC Barcelona podcast independent of one another. So we were doing these podcasts solo because apparently neither of us did any research to find out if anyone else was doing one. So we just decided, I'm going to make a podcast about FC Barcelona. And it was only over time that we found each other, and specifically you found me, Gabriel. But uh, So I went back to your original podcast, which was called the kool Football Podcast. And the earliest one I could find was on SoundCloud, and it was episode 30, according to you. What? Yeah, I mean, and... It was brutal. Lightly, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I was just doing this kind of as a social media experiment just to test it out. And I found you and obviously I've thoroughly enjoyed our collaboration going forward. But man, every time when you were playing the episodes before when we've been playing around with them, I just cringe. It's so cringe. <laughs> we'll get ready. <laughs> Get ready because this is just it's just a few seconds. I just took a tiny clip from episode 30. 
Welcome, fellow Kool-Aids, to episode 30 of the Kool-Aid Football Podcast, the only weekly English podcast about football club Barcelona. I am your host, Gabriel Croa, recording here from Madrid. I, what wow. I especially like about that is I, there's so many things to enjoy about that. One, uh, it was like, you, have I been saying your name wrong this whole time or – no, no, no. You said Were right, you but saying was, your name wrong? No, I. You know, this is always a debate because, uh, you know, my name is a Spanish name, right? It's Gabriel Quiroga, right? That's that's it, right? Sure. But for, for my American friends, uh, you know, it's very difficult for them to understand that it could be a Spanish name, so they sometimes will say Gabrielle or Gabriel, and now and, you know, a Quiroga. lot of times they call me Gabe. So <laughs> sure. So that's where it comes. I we I even had a debate with this with some of my friends last night because I was with some American friends and Spanish friends. They're like, "What do we call you?" And I said, "Just Gabriel." <laughs> what do you think? Not that difficult, you know. <laughs> now you also said that it was the only English language podcast about well, FC at Barcelona time at the time. At the time, it was. Was at it? The time it was. Okay. Yeah. When I first no, when I first so when I first started it, right? When I first started it, it, it was the only one. And obviously, like maybe episode 30, it wasn't, but I just, you know, I was just making a bold statement. <laughs> you, you just know? kept saying it. <laughs> Correct. And, it beca- you know, if you say it enough times, it becomes true. Right. Well, I, I because according to SoundCloud, uh, that was, well, it says it says one year ago, but I you must have no, released it no, no, longer, no. longer ago than yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I, I did it like three years ago, basically. Yeah. You know, before, you know, so... Well, I do know that uh, this th- this next melodious voice that you're about to hear uh, this <laughs> this was episode one of my podcast, which I released in January February of 2016. I think yeah, that makes no 2017. Yeah, 2017. So here I was. Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to Barca USA for the week of February 20th, 2017. I am your host, Brian Henderson, and this is our first episode of the show, a show devoted to following Barca, the Blaugrana, Mescaun Club, Football Club Barcelona. All right, and this is me now talking in episode 100, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> the difference i I mean you know you know like we always talked about when we first met right like if you listen to my episode and look it sounds like i'm in a garage somewhere in a tin can yeah and even from yours you know that's why we mix well together because i you know you you handle all the awesome sound production editing and all the stuff that goes behind that and i do the marketing stuff that you hate so right you know that's why we work so well together but also you can tell like i was recording on my uh apple iphone headset you know like it wasn't it wasn't anything to it and it was like really hokey uh audacity editing right because that's all it was that i knew so uh so i can always tell that your podcast had awesome quality and obviously you bring that to our to our podcast as well yeah but i you'll notice that i'm talking because i was using a different microphone back then and it was actually a very sensitive microphone and i won't get into the audio nerd stuff about it but it was it was powered and it was very sensitive so i would get close to the microphone to get that close kind of sound but then i would it it meant that i had to talk really softly and really gently hey everybody this is the barca talk podcast and I, i had to be really 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 careful with my p's because my p's would just pop so much on that on that microphone so that's why i sounded so 
So, well, plus this was my first time podcasting, right? I had no experience with it before, and I had I've just always dreamed of being on NPR. So I was doing my best, like. If NPR made a sports podcast, what would it sound like? And I think that's sort of what I was after. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was going to say. It sounded like it was NPR, you know, sports broadcast trying to be like that. So yeah, I I appreciate it. I just always dream. I still dream of throwing something back to Ira Glass, you know, (laughs) back to you in the studio, Ira. Or or (laughs) at this point, though, I'd settle for for just talking with Jonathan Goldstein or something. (laughs) Yes, me too. Yeah, because we all love. We all love heavyweight, but now this is the my third and final clip that I want to play okay. for you because here's the first episode of Barca Talk. Where oh yeah, but actually before I go into that, you'll notice that I originally in episode one, February twentieth, January twenty seventeen, I had a different name for my podcast because I was really trying to think of it as like a, an American podcast. It was this is about mm-hmm. being in America, being in the USA, and it was called Barca USA. For those yeah. first w- week, and I think by episode two, I had changed it to Barca Talk. It was like <laughs> I listened to that first episode, and and I had thought about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'd thought about this, but I really f- decided I want to call it Barca USA. And then after week one, I realized I've made a horrible mistake, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to call it Barca Talk now. <laughs> So that was the other early change that I made. But once we got together, we first started in earnest at the beginning or just before the beginning of the 2017-28 season. And this was the first time that we were ever together on Barca Talk. Gabriel, how's it going? Uh, It's going really well, Brian. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well. So you are in Madrid, right? Yeah, so I live here in Madrid, Spain. I've been here for the past five years. And yeah, so I did a quick search of you and... Uh, got in contact with you and I thought it would be a good idea if we teamed up and here we are doing this podcast. Yeah, this is really exciting. Um, I'm really glad that you found me and because uh, it's it's so much more interesting when the two of us are talking. I totally agree. Like I was doing mine on my own and, um, and so was I, I thought I was getting... <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was getting tired of listening to my own voice, and I was trying to get some friends here that were local to try to talk about the about Barcelona. But unfortunately, most of my friends here in Madrid are real Madrid fans, so they did not want to participate. <laughs> so that's – man, just listening back to that reminds oh me of God. just how cumbersome it was for us at first. It was like – I fist bump and you handshook me. You know, it was like, what were we doing here? Like, right. Not only on? were we just getting to know each other, right? We, yeah. we had essentially just met. Not only that, but the technological aspect of it. You were yeah. actually recording your own end of the conversation there, and I was recording my end of the conversation here. And then when we were done, you would send me the file and I would edit them together to try and yeah. make it sound like we were. Well, I mean, we were actually talking to each other, but to just to to recreate that. Uh, and then over time, I eventually figured out how to just record everything straight into my own rig and keep keep in live time. We found a better video chat solution so that it had slightly less lag. I still edit out a little bit of lag at times. But yes. Yeah, and of course, now we've done 70 or 60 some shows together now. And it's, it's, you know, I think we're starting to get the hang of it. I think so too. But also it's just, it's so cringy, man. Cause it's just, it's so funny how, you know, like you said, we didn't know each other. And so we were trying to kind of not step on each other's toes and didn't know what to say and kind of how to interact. 
but I definitely think we figured that out. And, you know, now when I listen to us, like I definitely have less cringy and I really do uh, find our content entertaining. So I do, I do like listening to our podcast for sure. Well, in that first episode, and I don't know if it continued much beyond that, but in that first episode, what, what you just heard, it was like, it was like I was interviewing you. Yeah, like you were yeah. a guest on my show, and I was interviewing you rather than we're doing this show together. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean, like we just didn't know each other, and we didn't know how you know we were going to work well together if we were going to work well together, right? I mean that that was the kind of the test of it, and you know I think we've kind of found our footing, and yeah, I think we've figured it out about our partnership, you know, our pull and pull that we like to do, and obviously we love love to talk Barca and have fun for sure. Yeah, now. Looking back, because we've come a long way since then, Come, looking back, what are some of your favorite moments from the past 60, or maybe not some, what's like, if you could think of one immediately off the top of your head, what's like your favorite moment from the past 60 plus episodes we've done together now? Oh, uh, without a doubt, the classical episode. Oh, well, which one though? <laughs> Wait, uh, the, the one where one. I was in Montreal <laughs> and you were so out of it that you forgot we were going to record an episode that one that's the one that's the one that's the one it is, well it is memorable <laughs> i mean it's just memorable because it's just so funny the situation and, and all that stuff that's all i mean i mean obviously it's not you know i we we put out better content than that for sure but I, that for me is just the whole circumstance of that day the game and everything of you know we were able to get a great victory and and just all the things that came with it so for me that that's definitely one of the standouts for me and also you were really upset with me that night of too of course so i was really- <laughs> <laughs> and i was really hoarse because i was scre- i was with a peña in montreal watching the classico so of course i was screaming and i learned my lesson to not do that anymore uh because my yeah. voice was really really hoarse and it got to the point where I've you know I've had a few drinks because uh, I was out watching the game and now the day is is getting on and I know it's getting late in Spain and like hearing nothing from you and I'm like I'm gonna have to record this Classico episode by myself <laughs> and we all know how well that goes <laughs> yeah I just remember the WhatsApps right are you alive yeah are you okay are you alive are you okay <laughs> <laughs> well because here's the thing I don't ever want to be I don't ever want to be mad with without good reason and like if you had hurt yourself or something truly (laughs) horrible had happened to you i would feel bad about being mad to you so i was trying to cover my bases and and show concern but also be angry yes i i did not hurt myself so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that definitely stands out but you know like i said i mean i there's so many fun moments that we have during the week, you know, when we talk and what's up and stuff. So, you know, I really enjoy that, that we have something to look forward to on Sundays to record and to talk football because I love it. And yeah, and, and especially when I get to make you laugh, like for me, that's always the best part for me. So, And sure. I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> See, what's, what's also funny though is that because a lot of times when you're not talking, you have your mute button on. And there are times where I make you laugh, but it doesn't come through because your mute button's on. Like, there are times where you're cracking up. I, I promise. I promise this yes. is true, everyone. But <laughs> 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 well, you don't hear it because Gabriel's mute button is on. Um, yeah. So we, we do make each other laugh as much as the other one. I'm trying to think, too, like, what aside from that Classico episode, what was... Because the other cl- the other classical episode where I was in San Francisco and I went to the game at whatever it was like four a.m. California yeah. time, 
I think that doing that episode was especially memorable for me because I was so out of it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like I came back to we go. I think Megan and I were staying with her parents and. And I, I think I went back to sleep and then later on we recorded and I can't even remember what, how I recorded because I honestly, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it isn't memorable in that I can't remember how that episode happened. <laughs> like, how did we do that? I mean, I just remember you just brought your laptop and we just recorded. But again, it's, you know, but where was I think, it, it, yeah, I don't know. But basically it comes down to classicos, man. It's just, they're just memorable games and memorable recordings. Because I remember another classico we did was the, you know, when Messi won in the 90th minute one in Madrid, basically. I had one of the craziest party nights the night before because it was my Christmas party at my school. And I, we had to record like when I got back from uh from my christmas vacation and stuff so you know i think it always is marked with the classicos you know i think those are just always the most memorable because you know lately you've been going to different spots and also the games have been really good and obviously we've had some more victories in those as well so i would definitely say the classicos are the highlights for me recently yeah but you know also now that i think about it um (laughs) i'm thinking after that roma loss last year Mm. because i like Ne- neither mm. of us could really like bring the other one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, that was, it was just s- sadness all around. It was. That was definitely like a stomach punch loss, right? We <laughs> were both just depressed from that so much. Yeah. Oh, such. And, and at least we had a couple of days to have to pass between yeah. the game itself and and recording it, but yeah, right. Even then, we were still just so despondent about it. But Correct. I can't. Even, I can't even imagine if we did our bonus episode at that time. How how raw the emotions would have been that day. I know. You know? Like, what's the opposite <laughs> of a bonus? It would have. It would have. It would have been that. It would have not. It would not have given anything extra. It would have only taken away. Yeah. It would have robbed yeah, people been. hearing it of anything good. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, I just, first of all, I can't believe 100 episodes. That's awesome. That's obviously a great milestone for us. But also just, you know, it's just flying by, you know, now that we've kind of found our groove, you know, how we meet up regularly, we have it all scheduled out and everything. And to me, that's always just, it's like when we, when you brought it up this week that it was our 100th episode, I just couldn't, couldn't believe it because it just seems like we just are getting started. Yeah, yeah. We are just getting started, and uh, we do have a lot of aspirations and plans for you know continuing, to not only continuing to do it, but continuing to improve it. And uh, you know, there are so many times where I think about something that I would like to do for this show, and I just think, man, that would be so great, but it's it's impossible. I can't leave Buffalo. Uh, we don't have the resources. We don't. <laughs> we mm. we can't do this. All we can do is work within the sort of limitations that we have and that being the case we have managed to do i think a lot of really good stuff uh most recently uh i was really happy to be able to interview jonathan wilson about his new book about barcelona and uh, just to be able to talk to him and have him on the show i thought that was really great but before that you know when we were um doing a little bit more to have uh pena people on the show that was great when we had the first the first time we had any Pena folks on the show was Matt Manson and uh, Joe from San Francisco Pena. And then later on, we have Michael Miller, who's been a persistent uh, 
friend of the show, uh, and he was the one who invited me to Montreal for that Classico. Uh, and I actually got a message from Michael Miller today. Hey, buddy! Just got me driving home from the game, man. Congratulations to you and Gabriel. Much deserved uh, milestone and uh, hopefully several hundred more. Uh, so keep up the good work. Very happy for you guys. And uh, as always, uh, I continue supporting and listening to your show. So uh, take care and uh, have fun recording this one. So that was Michael Miller. So thank you for that. And uh, we've had other guests. We've had Victor Valencheck of the Houston Kool-Aids on, of course. Uh, I think having him on was uh, has always been good. And he's become a real friend to the show uh, so much that he's going to get a free Barca Talk mug as a gift from us. But then again, he's going to send us a new scarf, a new Houston Kool-Aid scarf in return. So we've got some in-kind stuff going on there. Uh, but yeah, just I, like we've had so many great people on the show, including... Michelle Taylor, because at first she was a guest, and now she's a regularly uh, contributing part of the Barca Talk team. We'll we'll hear from her later in this episode. Yeah, and I also forget, Brian, that uh, you know one of my favorite moments too was your great idea to do the Camp No episode because for me that was one of the great episodes that you put together with all the editing, your idea for that. So that to me also, obviously the Classicos, but that was. A really great episode. I thought uh, the style and the way you put it together as kind of a st- storytelling podcast episode. I thought that was great. And obviously, we're, we're we're talking about doing more of those. But again, that was just really well done and put together. So kudos to you for that as well. Oh, thank you. Well, like I said, it is it is ultimately my dream. To, I'm just an NPR poser. Ultimately, like at the end of the day. <laughs> but let's uh, let's go ahead and take a little break. We'll come back from the break, and then we'll actually start uh, talking about some some football. All right, we're back. And now, with an update on the women's team this week, we have our Barca women's correspondent, Michelle Taylor. What's the difference between being seven points or one point from the top of the table? If we're talking about Barca Femini, it's about just one game. After returning from an international break, the first game for the team was against Atleti Madrid. Because of the two draws against Levante and Valencia, Barca was sitting four points behind Atleti, who had won all eight games in the season thus far. Over 4,000 fans braved the rain and the cold to attend the game at the Mini Estadi, one of the best Barca attendances on record for a normal Liga match. The first half was all Atleti. They pressed, harried and disrupted our game, and there were a few nervous moments as they came close to scoring but somehow didn't. The first half ended at 0-0. The second half started in much the same fashion, Atleti on the attack, and Barca in defence. In the 57th minute, Atleti won a corner. The corner kick went into the box and was gathered by Mexican international Kenty Robles. She sent it back out to Amanda San Pedro on the wings and Amanda returned a high ball into the box for Kenty to run onto, unmarked, and score a header past Sandra Panos. Cue the mad Atleti celebrations and Barca fans could only shake their heads and wonder why it is that Kenty, an ex-Barca player, is always the one to score against us now that she plays for Atleti. Immediately after the Atleti goal, Fran Sanchez made two subs, Alexia and Aitana replacing Andresa and Vicky on the pitch. The play started to go our way a little more, but Atleti also started to slow the game down. Then came what was to be the turning point. Atleti forward, Ludmila da Silva, sat down on the pitch, seemingly injured. 
goalkeeper Lola Gallardo had the ball in hand, but instead of kicking it out of play, she kicked it over to left-back Carmen Manayo, who obviously wasn't expecting it as she was half-turned away. In pounced Aitana Bomati. She intercepted the ball, worked her way down the right, looked up to see that Lola was hopelessly out of position and delivered a perfect lob into the goal. Cue the mad bastard celebrations, mixed with some amusement as the players told Aitana what had happened. Lola hadn't received the memo about kicking the ball out of play, as the rest of the team had been expecting her to do because of Ludmilla. When interviewed later, Aitana was quick to point out that Ludmilla's injury couldn't have been that bad, because when she looked down the pitch after scoring, the Brazilian was no longer sitting on the ground. With the scores tied, Barca began to take control of the game. The circumstances around Aitana's goal had clearly rattled Atleti. Sanchez made another sub two minutes after the goal, bringing on Tony Dugan for Natasha Andonova. The last 25 minutes were perhaps some of the best that we've seen Barca family play this season, as the players pinged the ball around and came close to scoring on several occasions. As normal time ticked away, it was looking as if the game would end in yet another draw between the two teams and we'd remain four points adrift on the table. But wait, there's more! In the 91st minute, Alexia got the ball just outside the box on the right-hand side. She attracted about five Atleti defenders who surrounded her, leaving Haida Hamraoui to run into the box unmarked. Alexia somehow got the ball to her. Atleti hands went up to indicate that Hamraoui was offside, but the line ref didn't agree. Hamraoui crossed into the middle, and Tony Dugan scored the winner. 2-1! We won! It was the first time that Barca had beaten Atleti in the Liga for four years and three days, since the 16th of November 2014. In that time, the team had drawn five times, and Atleti had won twice. The victory was even sweeter as Atleti's unbeaten streak came to an end, and Barca remains the only unbeaten team in the Liga Iberdrola. Amid all the elation were big sighs of relief. A draw would have meant that Barca was still four points behind. A loss would have seen us drop to seven points, and with the way in which Atleti is playing, I doubt that we could have closed it. But a win meant that we are now only one point behind Atleti and still in contention for the Liga. It's significant to mention that the three subs that were made, Aitana, Alexia and Tony, were all involved in the two goals. An instance where Sanchez made the right subs at the right time, but questions were still raised as to why the three players had started the game on the bench in the first place. I guess that we wouldn't be cool as if we weren't cynical in our analysis. There was little time to dwell on the victory before the next game was up, a midweek game away to Real Sociedad in San Sebastián. Because of the changed Copa del Reina format, some Liga games were being played midweek to accommodate Copa games being played on the weekends. Barca started the game strongly, and we looked the sharpest that we've been in some time. The confidence gained in the Atleti win was showing, and it wasn't long before Lika Martins scored in the seventh minute. However, three minutes later, Sandra Panos had a little brain fart, sending the ball out to La Real's Nahikari Garcia, who crossed in for Carla Bautista, who was on loan from Atleti, to score one all. Damnation! But two minutes later, Tony Dugan had put us back in the lead, and in the 18th minute, Lika scored again, before Tony added the fourth in the 39th minute. Lika Martins was forced to leave the pitch with a leg injury before half-time, replaced by Barbara Latore. Aitana Bomati added the fifth Blagrana goal shortly after half-time, a beautifully placed shot from out wide left. After that, the referee decided that she was Oprah. You get a card, and you get a card, and you get a card. Three of our back line went into the books, followed by Sandra Panos. In the 59th minute, Nahikari added the second for L'Oreal, and that's how the game ended, a highly entertaining match with seven goals. 
Tony Dugan had a great game with two goals and two assists and was player of the match. We also saw Dutch defender Stephanie van der come on for her first official minutes of the season after being injured in the pre-season game against Manchester City. More on her shortly. Back to Barcelona for the weekend's game, the Copa del Reino derby match against Espanyol. In the 15th minute, Hamaraui took a low shot on goal. Espanyol's keeper Mariojo had the ball covered, but the ball headed towards Alexia, and she stuck out a foot and deflected the ball into the net, past the feet of a diving Mariojo. Tony Dugan added the second goal in the 29th minute, and that's where the score remained. Espanyol didn't offer much threat, and Barca eased off the pedal. Not the most exciting game to watch, but the job was done. Now back to Stephanie. After playing 22 minutes in the game against Real Sociedad, she started the game against Espanyol. In the 26th minute, she injured her left knee and was forced to come off. She was devastated and could be seen crying inconsolably on the bench. After only 48 minutes of official playing time, it looks as if she's going to be out for some time again. The club issued a medical report on her, stating that her return depended on how quickly her knee takes to heal. Also injured in the Espanyol game was right-back Gemma Gilly, with a more serious ankle injury requiring surgery. She's expected to be out for at least three months. So our injury list has grown again. Stephanie and Gemma injured in the Espanyol match, Lika in the Real Sociedad game, and Mariona who hasn't played since returning from the international break and the death of her father. Thankfully there are only five games remaining until the two-week Christmas break when our players can get some rest and return revitalised for the second half of the season. Visca Barca, e Forza Barca Femini. That was Michelle Taylor. Follow her on Twitter at Barca Women for ongoing news and information about the women's team. Now shifting over to the first team, we're going to talk about the Champions League. But just real quick before that, Gabriel, do you remember earlier this year, you you just couldn't be bothered to record a match review with me. And we got one of our Patreon supporters to sit in for you. Uh, I do remember, but I also remember it wasn't that I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, get that, let's get that straight, what? right? <laughs> As I recall, you were just like, I'm going to be vacation. I'll be on holiday at this nice house. I don't want to, I don't feel like recording. I don't want to take my microphone with me. Well, also, it wasn't like I was a nihilist or something, just laying in the pool, you know, I just didn't want to record, you know, so. (laughs) No, what what had happened there? Uh, I don't remember. Oh my God, that was so far. That was so long ago. That was, that was like nine episodes ago. It was like nine episodes ago. It was a little while That was before I was, uh, became a long-term resident of Spain. So, you know, that just seems like a lifetime ago. Right. That's actually, that's the big news with you is that you're officially a long-term resident of Spain. You, you don't have to leave anytime soon. I do not have to leave anytime soon. So I just got the news on Thursday. We talked about it on the Patreon episode and I'm super excited, obviously. So now I don't have to. Uh, renew every six months like I was doing before and having my future in the gray. So I'm very excited about that, Brian. Yeah, well, I'm very happy for you and excited for you. So that's that's great. Now, the um, what we did in that episode, that was episode 91. So it was, yeah, like you said, nine weeks. Um, what we did was we got one of our Patreon supporters to sit in for you and do the match commentary on a game uh, with me instead of you because you were... You were indisposed. You 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 couldn't you couldn't do it. So we got one of our one of our Patreon supporters to do it, and we actually got a message from him this week. Just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes. That's awesome. Love listening to your opinions and commentary on the club. 
keep up the good work and Visco Barca. <laughs> yeah, that was Zach Jansen. So again, I want to say thanks to Zach for for filling in for Gabriel when he couldn't do it, and also thanks for that lovely message. Now on to the Champions League. This was on Wednesday against PSV Eindhoven at Philips Stadium. We were on the road and we did win, but it was a two-one win. Yes, uh, Barcelona won two to one. But again, Brian, as we were talking about in the last couple of weeks, I posed the question to you: Is Valverde's favorite color gray? <laughs> yes, his favorite color and is gray. Yes. His favorite flavor is vanilla. Champions League, he wants to be super conservative. These are the things that we're we're learning and we have to accept with Valverde. So, you know, we were always been talking about the last couple of weeks, obviously the formation uh, without Suarez, without Coutinho, how we were going to handle. And of course, in this match, he went ultra conservative. We were able to get the points, but... You know, there was some touch-and-go spots throughout the game. But uh, what did you think about the lineup? I thought the lineup was good. I was surprised to see Vidal in the opening, uh, the starting 11. But given our um, our sort of injury bill at the moment, it was understandable. Uh, I, much like yourself, I think I sort of wish that Rakitic would have gotten a little bit more of a break. But, you know, he had that one red card suspension match where he got break, and that's he's just going to have to... Um, He's just going to have to make the best of that. I know this poor guy can't get a break. You know, he got one one game off and he still looked a little stiff out there running around. He didn't look that great in this match in PSV. But, you know, I, I definitely saw Vidal, you know, getting the start, especially how he has played in the last couple of matches. Again, as we talked about, you know, I thought for sure it was going to be more of a 4-4-2 conservative style, especially away from Barcelona. But he, I mean, on paper, it's a 4-3-3 with Coutinho, Dembele, and Messi up there. So, again, this was a strong lineup. I thought for sure maybe we would have seen Umtiti, but, you know, the news from here, Brian, is that it's looking like he has to do some more procedures to avoid surgery. So that could be a long-term thing for throughout the season, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's a, that's a tricky situation he's in, right? Because on one hand... He wants to avoid surgery because that's going to put him out for a long time. On the other hand, in order to avoid surgery, he has to keep missing things. But it's we don't know how long that's going to last. And so it could last as long as it would if he would just get the surgery. Potentially, exactly. right? And, and, yeah, exactly. And this is the other thing is that, you know, this happened to Suarez last season as well, where at the towards the end of the season, he was having knee pain and he was kind of deciding whether or not to have a procedure or not. And by delaying it, he didn't have the greatest performance at the end of the season. And, you know, Umtiti's in the same boat. I heard today that he's back in the Middle East getting some kind of experimental procedures done on his knees. So, you know, obviously they're exploring every option to avoid surgery. But, you know, if he doesn't find any relief, then he's probably going to go have to be under the knife for sure. Yeah. Now, overall, how did you think about what did you think about how the game was going? Well, you know, the thing is, we, you know, we, we've talked about the yin and the yang of Messi, right? So that's really where it kind of all goes with, right? So these players are kind of new playing with Messi, right? Especially in the attacking third. And with Messi in this formation, he is all over the place. So he's kind of, a, you know, as we've talked about before with this false nine type of thing, he's kind of like a false midfielder now, right? Like he comes in and he goes, he comes in, he goes left, he goes right, he pick, makes the passes, he shoots does it all and so the players around him sometimes don't know how to react they obviously give him the ball like Vidal has been giving him the ball but then as you can see too that you know we don't have a tight formation and there's kind of a disconnect so I think they're still trying to figure that out you know but I think you know if they had a better structure formation I think that 
utilize Messi's creativity plus have balance in all facets of the game, right? Because again, when we went up to nothing, as I told you before, I had complete confidence that we we're going to give a goal back. <laughs> you know, it just, it just had that feeling throughout the match. So, you know, obviously we got the points and that's the most important, but again, I want, I just think there's an easier way to get those points. Right. Well, speaking of Messi and speaking of goals, here's Messi's first goal. As Messi scampers through Messi. Oh, I say Lionel Messi. Sensational goal. Lionel Messi drives Barcelona in front out of almost nothing. I mean, that goal was was great because it reminded me of like, a you know, just a regular ice hockey goal where there's so much traffic in the middle and all of a sudden the puck just kind of comes out of nowhere and hits the net. It's the same thing. Messi was surrounded by four PSV players. He was inside the box and he beat the goalkeeper near post, you know, because the ball just came out of nowhere. So it was a great finish by Messi, of course. And as you can see, too, in this match for me. You know, him and uh, Dembele hooking up more and having a better chemistry was was key as well. And, you know, Dembele is getting the start just like he got the start tonight against Villarreal. And if Valverde starts to show more confidence, you know, Dembele is a game changer for sure. And his pace is unreal, you know, and the way he's able to finish with the left and right, he definitely adds that dimension. So it's good to see him and Messi linking up more and more. Yeah, now nine minutes later... Strictly speaking, PK gets the goal. So here's the here's listen to this. Here's Messi for Barcelona, and the little touch from Gerard PK makes it two nil. PK scores. Right, so it's a free kick. Messi puts it in, and it just so happens to fall at PK's foot as luck would have it, and he guides it into goal. Yeah, I know. Messi did the old Munir trick on PK, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Munir, but PK made it look almost like it was more intentional on his part. At first, I thought it was a set play because the way it was hit. And I think it kind of was a set play, but it's it's hard to tell. But PK was at the right spot. He was unmarked, and he was able to put it through. So, again, and, he, you know, PK in the box is dangerous. He's always looking for that time to you know, get a good head on it or to, you know, make a play on the ball. And he's always been dangerous in the box. So it was great to see him get on the score sheet there. And obviously, you know, we're up to nothing. So that became more comfortable for us going throughout the match. Yeah. And then he scored again uh, over the weekend against Villarreal. So PK's on a little bit of a scoring streak right now, which is nice. But as you said, even though we were two goals ahead in the 70th minute, so with 20 minutes left, you were extremely confident that, PSV would get at least one back, right? Yeah, and that was confidence is because the way we've been, you know, letting off the gas, you know, especially when we get that lead, you know, and we allowed the other team to come in and attack on us, and especially on this goal, right? The goal, I mean, it was a really nice finish by Dijon. Like, he was able to get a good head on it, but for me, it was the service into the box where Semedo should have done a better job of closing in on that. Again, it, it starts with the midfield, not allowing that type of attacking to come through. But again, we just lower our guard down after we go two up. And I, I knew, as, you know, I just had that feeling. I was like, they're going to get one back and it's going to be uncomfortable for the last 10 minutes. And sure, sure enough, it was. This one was, I think, the laziest I've seen them after going two goals up, at least this season. It's, it was suddenly like someone just let all the air out of the team, at least until at least until Valverde put another sub in and there was a little bit more, a little more energy in, injected into the team. But well, once they got the one goal back, you know, it was, they realized that they needed to actually, you know, 
put their heads back on. But yeah, it was like as soon as they scored that second goal, they just checked out. Like they were already making their dinner resis and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> making plans with the family or whatever. The other thing too is like when PK scores, I think he kind of leads that too, right? It's just he scored, so it's all good, and so he doesn't really have to play defense for the last ten minutes. You know, it's kind of that that feeling I get. You know, um, but again, we just have to close out those matches because there's no reason to go. You know, to be we should have won that match two zero. Yeah, you know that should it should have been like that. You know, and we really you know especially in these games that are coming up in February and April and March, um, they're going to be super important, and we do have to focus on our defense. So. It's vital because we we can always score goals, but if we can keep a clean sheet, that is that's always going to keep us in the match for sure. Yeah, you know, I'm just looking at some uh, tourist information on Eindhoven, and uh, some of the best tourist things that you can do in Eindhoven. One of them is a uh, a museum of of DAF, which is or D A F, which is one of Europe's largest truck manufacturers since the company's founding in 1928. Maybe these players were just trying to. You know, they were looking for things to do, and they were really excited about this truck museum. After they scored that second goal, they were already just thinking about all those pictures of trucks they're going to take. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, something happened. I, I saw it on their. I saw it on their Instagram. Yeah, they were they were going to the they were going to the DAP museum. So, so they couldn't excited. Wait. So they had to give up that goal, and they had to go. Or they wanted to go to St. Catherine's Church, perhaps. <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, those are just a few of the wonderful things you can do in Eindhoven, the southernmost town in the nether- largest city in southern Netherlands. But to conclude, uh, we did win, right? So everything's fine. Not only did we win, but we clinched Group B with one match remaining against Tottenham in the Camp Nou on Tuesday next week. So who should Valverde start? Who should he start? And who do you think he's going to start against Tottenham? Because we could easily lose this game and be totally fine in in every respect. I think that he's going to roll out the same team he did against Villarreal. I think that's what our team's going to look like. Now, do I agree with it? No. I think for this match, he should just put the B squad, complete B squad, and let them get some experience, take the night off, use that time. Because like you said, there's no gain. We clinch the group. It's all good. Especially, like, for example, Sillison. Let him get the start. So let Ter Stegen have a night off. Well, as it turns out, I heard today that Sillison is injured. I don't know how. Oh, God. What happened? But so Ter Stegen is going to have to be between the sticks. Uh, but Messi and goal. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, we, you know, as when I saw the. Uh, the squad list for tonight's game against Villarreal, just put the, all those squad players and have them start, get some minutes, get some playing time, especially at home against a really good quality team against Tottenham because Tottenham is going to be fighting for their for the win. So it'll be a really good chance to see if these youngsters can handle the moment, handle this game, and especially going against a really quality team at home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alenia, uh Malcolm for sure, Denny mm-hmm. Suarez. Munir. Munir, yeah, put Munir in. Can't do Sillison, but we can do Ter Stegen. Juan Miranda, let him come go. up. Give Jordi Alba Tomato. a break. Yeah, it looks like Jordi Alba could really use one at this point. Exactly, especially he got a knock tonight. I mean, is Vermeulen available? Maybe put him or his brother. I don't care. Yeah. Like. I haven't I haven't <laughs> checked uh, where where Vermeulen's at with uh, his injury because he had an injury at one point. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not sure where he's put his at. Bro- put his brother in Todd. You know? <laughs> Todd Vermeulen. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, Todd Vermeulen maybe has stronger hamstrings than than Thomas. So, you know, I want to see the B squad. Obviously, I think Valverde because he loves playing this not bench team. He's probably going to use the team that he used against Villarreal for sure. Yeah. Now, uh, one final thought on this conservatism. Is what looks like conservatism to us also something that can... I mean, the the players are still racking up the minutes, but it seems as though they aren't necessarily running as much. They aren't necessarily working as hard. Is this a way to give some of these players longevity into the harder parts of the season towards you know March, April, May, towards the end? That's a good question, but I think... For example, when I think of the conservatism, it's more about not having enough players going forward, right? And I, and when I used to play, it's always easier to play on offense to play on defense, right? So if you're always kind of going forward, you contain that possession, it keeps your stamina low, right? So like you're able to handle the ball, pass the ball, move. It's much easier than to defend. And like you say, maybe to chase the ball, right? To chase the ball and try to win it back. I don't know. I, I For me, I just think we have too much talent to watch this type of boring football. You know, I just think that we're leaving a lot on on the pitch, I think, because of the formation. And ultimately, if we're not going to be strong defensively, because, you know, quote unquote, if you're going to be conservative, you know, conservative, you're not going to be allowing a lot of goals. And our defense has not been good this year. So, you know, just win for two. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I mean, don't fight it. You know, I mean, I, I feel like we score enough goals. Just let it let Messi run. Let's let's have more people with him and just try to have more opportunities in the other team. When we return, we'll get into La Liga and Barcelona's victory over Villarreal. All right, we're back. It's Barca Talk. Episode 100. And before we get into the Villarreal match from La Liga, I just want to uh, do a, a brief La Liga thing, which is to say that I read the other day, Gabriel, that Isco has only played 10 minutes under Solari. Yeah, it's huge news here, Can, actually. I mean, um, that seems so crazy to me. He, Isco is clearly such a threatening player and good. He is. Remember, as we talked when we always talk about Real Madrid Isco, right? We always said he was one of the scariest players that we thought that they had, right? The, like he's kind of their Iniesta, the way he was able to manage, direct the passing that he's able to do. It's been huge news here, Brian, like on the sports show, on my favorite sports soap opera show. <laughs> they they love doing body language, lip reading and all that stuff. So the last two weeks they've been doing the, the change, like the inter uh, change between Isco and Solari. And Solari has been kind of hinting that it's physical, because, you know, Isco had, I think he had like an appendix surgery and he hasn't been able to come back down from weight from that because he kind of gained some weight from that. And so that's, so Solari has hinted towards that. But also it could be that he just hasn't had that much time. And so it's kind of, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? If you gave him time, maybe he gets back into form. Right. You know, it's one of those things. You know, as, and the other rumor now is that he wants to come to Barcelona. That would be insane, right? It would be because originally, originally when he was in Malaga, he was supposed to come to Barcelona and Real Madrid outbid Barcelona for him because he's, he's always been a fan of Barcelona his whole life. He had to take down pictures from his Instagram when he went to Real Madrid of him supporting Barcelona. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's so, like one of the first things you have to do when Real Madrid exactly. signs <laughs> So this has added fuel to the rumor file, you know, obviously with the Neymar issue as well. I mean, I would op- I would gladly accept him because he would be, oh my God, he would be super dynamic in our midfield. He is so good. He's a perfect type of midfielder that I would expect to be in a 4-3-3-4 Barca style for sure. Yeah, and it's been a while since uh, a player has crossed over from Real Madrid to Barcelona or vice versa. And it mostly just yeah, becomes sure. difficult for them when you go back to the previous club's home ground. Yeah. I've heard yeah. stories about Figo, right? When he Yeah, that's that's the most famous one. Yeah, cuz he I think get I think he like was crazy. the last Yeah, he was the last player, I think that. And that was a while ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, because, you know, usually now, you know, at that time, Barca didn't have a defined tiki-taka style. I mean, they did, but it wasn't as defined as now, right? Mm-hmm. And so you wouldn't you wouldn't sign the same type of player for Real Madrid as Barcelona because they just have two different styles. And obviously the, what Real Madrid's looking for in their players, they're looking for the more typical uh, Ronaldo type, like physical specimen type of footballer. So I don't think you're going to see that anytime soon, but Isco would be definitely someone that could really, wow, if he came to Barca, who? <laughs> yeah, I think he would light it up here. Oh my God. And had success. I mean, that's the other thing, you know? Yeah, I'd be down for it. Dreaming's free. Dreaming and dreaming is free. So that's yeah. part of what we do here is we dream and we dream big. Yeah. all right so let's talk about this match this was of course in la liga at the camp no we won two to nothing over Villarreal, and we had almost or was it it was the exact same lineup as midweek against psv so ter stegen in goal obviously Semedo, pique longley alba Busquets, Rakitic, and Vidal in the midfield, and then Coutinho, Messi, Dembele. So I think, you know, in this match, you know, obviously when they're playing more games together, they're obviously going to click better. And in this match, I thought that, A, they didn't have to really go to the highest level to get the win, but they definitely looked more comfortable in the passing and attacking. I mean, we had a lot of opportunities, but it looked very easy for us, which is good because I like that. And also, I think the connection between Dembele and Messi just looked even better. I mean, Dembele looked really good tonight, even though he did lose the ball a couple of times. But these are the things that you have to accept, right? He just He's going to take chances to be players. I remember there was one play where he was dancing left and right, doing a samba back and forth, and then back to the touchline and had a cross. I mean, those are the things that are electric. And yes, he is going to give up possession, but he's going to make those moves. And one of those are always going to get in, you know, and maybe they'll cost, you know, maybe they'll get us a goal. So I think, you know, as we talked about on Thursday, when we were talking about the Jordi Alba coming through the middle and all these different ideas, I think tonight was a better connection between Coutinho, Dembele and Messi and the midfield for sure. And maybe that has to do with Villarreal not pressing as high or not being as good at pressing. Yeah, perhaps. Um, But just to go back, I I do think that Dembele was – Probably, I think he really played his best game. Uh, his best Barcelona game since signing was was this Sunday. I thought he was looking the best. And yeah, like that that one time where he went back and forth three, four times and finally made it to the end line to get the cross in. It didn't result in anything, but uh, the fact that he's willing to do that is great. And if you consider how much he was on the ball, because he was on the ball a lot in this game, and how many times he gave up possession, I think he's getting better 
at maintaining possession because there were games, I don't know, a few weeks back where he didn't see nearly as much of the ball and he was giving it up a lot more per possession. So I think he's getting better at holding on to the ball, maintaining it, but also like picking a pass and just moving it back. On the other hand, you give him the ball out there and he's going to try and do something. But as far as chemistry goes, I was also very impressed with how he and Semedo were working together in this match. In the first 10, 15 minutes of the first half, they had a, a couple of really good exchanges and good overlaps from Semedo where they were making things happen out on the right side. That's a great point because we, we mentioned that on Thursday's bonus episode that we saw that they were trying to get a better connection. And you can see it's starting to come a little bit more and more. And in this match, you're starting to see they're starting to get more comfortable. And that just comes with playing time. But that comes more with Dembele starting, not Semedo, right? Because Dembele is the one that's been missing in and out for the last year or so. So for sure. And if that can click on that right side, that's going to be huge for us. Because then all of a sudden that opens, we always talk about the balance on the right and the left. That just allows Messi more space. Once Suarez comes back, that's going to create more havoc, and we're just going to have more passing lanes and more opportunities to score for sure. Yeah, and as long as we have Jordi Alba healthy, then we've got people out on the left to stretch the defense out there. So we've got people out on the left and the right stretching the defense out, and then you've got all the space in the world for Messi. Yeah, of course. And that's the thing, right? We need Messi to have a little bit more space to make those great passes like he did tonight. And, you know, we if that connection continues to blossom my gosh that speed and physicality that could be you know for the next five years would be insane yeah because especially because the both of them are fast it's not just MLA. Samedo's got some speed too exactly and that's the thing and and, you know you you're focused you know if you go into a match against Barcelona you're always gonna be focused on Messi and then all of a sudden now you're Coutinho then you got to worry about Suarez. And then all of a sudden you got to work up that connection between Semedo and Dembele. And then Alba bombing on the left. You're As a defender, you don't know what to pick, right? You have to try to maybe have five back there if that starts to happen. Right. Ooh, that'd be exciting. Well, <laughs> or maybe not. It could make everything way more boring. So we broke through pretty early on in the first half. 36th minute, PK gets the first goal with this incredible assist from Dembele. Busquets knocks it back for Dembele. Left foots it. Back post. Header! PK slams it home! Magnificent service from the man of the match so far! Usman Dembele! Yeah, again, so this was a great pass from Dembele to find PK and obviously PK being in the box, you know, for the corner kick and and being there at the right place at the right time. Again, he has another goal, two goals this week so far. Waka Waka. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, PK's finish on that was, uh, you know, classic center back headed goal, and, you know, headed to ground and then into goal yeah. kind of finish. But Dembele's assist, the, the ball in from Dembele, I thought, was was poetry. What I never understand from professionals is when they make crosses, right? Because all they have to do a lot of the times is just look up to make the cross and find the player. Dembele did this on this play and look, he was able to have success and connect with PK, but a lot of players, they'll just put their head down and just throw it in there. makes a big difference when you can actually pick someone out. And obviously Dembele has the talent to find him and he did. And we were able to go up one, nothing. Yeah. This is fantastic. And then, uh, you know, we, we reached kind of a, uh, kind of a stalemate for a lot of the time. I mean, I don't know. Villarreal had their chances. I mean, for me, the, 
The most threatening moment from Villarreal came in the 42nd minute. Villarreal had a number of chances all at the same time. I think it was two or three different shots in the same moment in the 42nd minute. That was the most scared I was the whole game. For now, into the 18, Gaspar wide, a left-footed shot, loose, Gaspar tries, and it's blocked off long lay. Forget us again. If we were playing this match at Villarreal, I bet you they'd score one of those goals. Yeah. It's like one of those feelings, right? And since they were, we were at home, I, weren't, I wasn't really scared that much. I feel like they were they were good enough to arrive into the box, but once they got into there, either their first touch was awful or they just picked the, right, the wrong decision. So, you know, our defense held, so that's another good thing. We got a shutout finally for the first time since 2001. And, um, you know, we were, <laughs> we were able to, to, you know, tighten up there. But like you said, there was a bit of a stalemate, but it's, again, it's one of these matches where we went up one nothing. We were able to cruise control to the victory. Not really get any major injuries. We'll see what happened with Jordi Alba. But again, you know, it's the end of November, early December. You know, you got to just cruise to that match. Right. Ray Hudson had the best term for it, actually. He uh, he called it snooze control. <laughs> and it's he's totally Love right. It. Because, yeah, yeah there's, there's definitely some autopilot going on. But it also looks even more lethargic than just autopilot. It's snooze control. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because we play so many matches. There's going to be matches like this where luckily we were able to get the one nothing before halftime, you know, to kind of safeguard that, um, maybe get some good tactic build up in, at halftime speech from Mr. Gray himself, Valverde. And then from there, just like you said, snooze control, try to avoid injuries and just get the three points that we desperately needed. Yeah, and we did come out really, we came out swinging in the early parts of the second half. We created a lot of chances or at least took a lot of chances, didn't score again in those opening minutes. But at least we we came out and, and let Villarreal, like we're not actually asleep we were towards the end of the first half, but we're not now. We, <laughs> we woke up. <laughs> but then, oh, man, the 87th minute, we get the second goal from Carlos Alenia with an assist from Messi. And this was Alenia's first La Liga goal and only his second for the first team. He hasn't scored for the first team since uh, a 2016 appearance against Hercules in the Copa del Rey. So this, I mean, as far as actual competitive, like high stakes matches, this was his first real goal for the first team. So super excited. And that like his run was so well-timed and Messi's pass was so perfect. I loved that whole play. Rakitic has gone wide right. Messi finds the run of Alenia. Lifts it up and over. Asenjo can't stop it. And Barcelona starts the party. When I saw Alenia scored, I knew one person that was going to be happy. And that was me. <laughs> I I, knew, I had like the gut instinct. I was like, "Oh yeah, Alenia scored." I was like, "Brian's gonna be happy." <laughs> I was like, of course, I'm happy. I had that guy. He's like, he's like your new Sergio Roberto. No. So that's, you know what's funny? You say that though, because Megan was sitting with me watching the game, and she's like, "Um, how do we feel about Alenia?" Like, she wants to know, like, what's the what's the party line on Alenia? I'm like, "Oh, we we love him. We love Carlos Alenia because he's he's a La Masia kid." Right, and she's like, "Oh, isn't isn't Sergi going to be jealous?" I'm like, "No, never. <laughs> Sergi's always my second love after Chavi." <laughs> that's hilarious because that's exactly how I was thinking. I was going to ask you the same question, <laughs> Brian. <so. laughs> no, but honestly, like that was such a great run. It was instinctual. Of course, Messi knew exactly what he was going to do beforehand. Great pass, and you know, when I was watching the match, I was, I just said to myself, "Man." 
the chip goal. Yes. Which I See, and when I saw that finish, out. I thought Gabriel liked that because I know how much you <laughs> like those uh, Cuchara goals. Oh, my God. That is pure balls, right? Because he has a chance to score his first La Liga goal for Barcelona. And instead of like, for example, I would have tried to gone around the goalie because I think that would have been a safer bet. But no, he's just... Just chip it. I'm good. And it went in. It was a great goal. So, again, it was the perfect time, too, because it was towards the end of the match. What minute was it in? Uh, it was uh, – let me get my notes up here. It was in the 87th minute. Yeah, so perfect. It was in the 87th minute. Game set, Guillermo. We got the three points. And now we are league leaders, baby. Yeah, well, we – are we? Because yes, we are. last I checked, what happened with – One-one tie, baby. Sevilla, Alaves. Okay, so we are recording late enough in the day that we actually have the result on that. So Sevilla and Alaves tied. So yeah, we're we're leading the league, but only by two points now. One point. One point. One hey, point. A point's a point. Correct. First place is first place. Remember, it's this marathon. You gotta you gotta be able to win out these matches. And Sevilla was able to get the one-one tie against Alaves, which helps us. You know, like I said, this, these this game was important, Brian, because we needed to get those three points. And also, which I like, we got the shutout. And you know, like like you said, it was a snooze fest, but. Hey man, it's it's the results that I'm I'm happy about this the most. Yes, but I'll say this at least. I think again, I think Dembele had a great performance. I really liked watching the chemistry between he, him and Semedo develop. I thought that was great, and I thought that Alenia has. I mean, he's had his debut, obviously his official debut, but I felt like this was his coming out party. You know, like I feel like De, like Alenia really asserted himself as a, a real first team player like a, a viable first team player with that goal today. Cause you know what that goal was? Hashtag primo football. That's baby. right. That's what it was. <laughs> it was primo football. And I, and it was, primo. and you can't say that this game had a whole lot of primo football in it. It didn't, but it had glimpses yes. and that's what it really matters. Right. So, you know, you have a point there. Alenia is starting to assert himself. Valverde is starting to show more faith in him, which is great because he is the future for the midfield. And, if he starts to have success like he has, and they've been really doing a good job of bringing him along, right? Because last season he had the majority, all of, you know, most of his minutes were for with Barca B with a couple Copa del Rey uh, playing matches here or not. But now he's starting to get in La Liga, and especially with our injury problems, it's giving him opportunities and he has not disappointed. No, not at all. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I think we did a good hundredth episode. I think so too. I'm looking forward to the upcoming week because we have Champions League, we got another La Liga, and we're just, you know, as we said, Brian, or as I said, you know, break down La Liga into four phases, right? So we're closing on the second phase, I would say, right before Christmas. And then the third phase is going to be the most important. So I'm glad that we don't have games during Christmas, like EPL, because Rakitic would have died probably. Yeah. But <laughs> so we're closing in. We just got to continue to get these points to. You know, the, I would say the main goal right now is to be first place at the winter break. Special thanks to Michelle Taylor this week and to all the listeners and supporters of the show. We could not have made it to episode 100 without you. This has been a production of Barca Talk, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson. Music and editing by Brian Henderson. Social media and promotion by Gabriel Quiroga. We rely on support from you, the listeners, to keep this show going. So go to patreon.com slash barsatalkpod to support the show. Peace, Barca. Sports 
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.